0: Hello and welcome to a word for this day podcast. I'm Jory Schaefer, the show's host and creator, and I'm so glad you were here. I want to welcome you today. Welcome to anyone who's found us for the first time. It's no accident that you're here today, friends, so don't run off quite yet. Stick around for a bit and let's see what the Lord has for all of us today. And welcome back to you, regular listeners. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening wherever you're listening. If you're listening on your podcast app or on YouTube or on Um, the internet or just wherever, I'm so thankful that you wanted to spend this little bit of time with me today as we look together at God's Word. Um, I'm not anything special. I don't pretend to be a Bible theologian, but I am a daughter of the King, and I do know that His Word tells me that with His Holy Spirit, He can give me understanding, and He can do that same for every one of us, and uh, he desires for us to know him. That's why he gave us his word, and so I'm just a fellow traveler on this journey with you, and I'm so excited that you wanted to listen and that you want to know more about his word. Well, um, I want to encourage you to please continue to share this podcast with friends, family, neighbors, strangers, just anyone who you think would want to come along this journey with us and know that I love to hear from you. I love to hear what God's doing in your life as you're spending more time with Him. You can find my email down in the show notes. It's a word for this day at gmail.com. The most important thing you'll find in the show notes is the references uh, to the scriptures that I mention during each podcast, and that's for you to be able To go back and do your own personal study or to look things up um, as you feel so led. Well, our verse for the day for January the 21st, 2024, comes from the book of Job, Job chapter 1, verse 21, and it reads as follows from the English Standard Version And he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave and the Lord is taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, friends, there is so much here, and I'm excited for us to park here and see what we can learn. You know, if you've been on this journey with me very long, you know that I think it's wise for us to have this discipline. I'm thinking about where we are in the scripture, and uh, this helps us to kind of understand, to be able to interpret it correctly only with the with God's help and by the um inspiration of the holy spirit and it helps us to um be able to understand it to hide it in our hearts so like we've talked about in previous podcasts when uh the the world and the devil kind tries to twist things we'll be able to say oh no this is where it says it roughly This is what it says, and we will be familiar with it, and we can go back. If you just try to pull out one verse and you don't think about where it is or who wrote it or what the context was, it's a lot harder to remember that. And so uh, this is just a good discipline, and I encourage you not to get frustrated with that. Uh, Just take those couple of minutes and think about where you are when you look at a new passage of Scripture. Well, we're in the Old Testament, and we know that the Old Testament starts with the five books of the law, then it moves to Old Testament history, and right after that is a section that some call the wisdom literature, some people call it the wisdom and poetry literature, but it's Esther, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, uh, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon. And after that little group, then comes the prophets, the major prophets and the minor prophets. So this is in that wisdom and poetry literature. And it's thought that the setting of Job when all these things happen was relatively early, like sometime perhaps after the Tower of Babel, but before Abraham Job seemed to know about Adam. He seemed to know about Noah and the flood based on some comments that he had. But there's no mention of Abraham and the Exodus or Moses. We don't know who wrote this book. We know, as we discussed yesterday, that um, who inspired the book. You know, all scriptures breathed out by God, profitable for teaching, correction, reproof, and training in righteousness. We know that... Um, the writers of all the scripture were inspired by the Holy Spirit to write these down, but there's nowhere within it that it says who wrote this account. Job couldn't have written it probably because he really didn't know what was going on in the heavenlies. He and his friends didn't until much later. Um, there have been several proposed, uh, human authors like Moses and Solomon that they could have heard the story and, and pinned it, but we just don't know. And, um, that's okay. We know that God has it here for a reason, and uh, He still breathed it out. He is the ultimate author. There is so much that we can learn from this account of Job, and um, I'm excited for us to park here today and see what all we can uh, unpack. And just in in a way of an overview, there's just several, and I'm I know I won't hit on all of them, but several big things to think about. Job, you know, most people talk look at it about um, patience and suffering they talk about the patience of job Um, but it seems to be more than that as well it seems to be you know there are things that go on in the heavenly places that can affect our lives that we have no idea about suffering happens and sometimes we don't know why sometimes it is because of things that we have done Sometimes it is uh, to be a testimony to others. Um, It's all in accordance with what God has allowed. But sometimes we just don't know. And there are things that happen in this life that we are not going to understand But we go back to what we know is true, and that is God is faithful. His will and his ways are perfect, even when we don't understand. And so we see that throughout here. Um, we see that people who mean well and who think that they have, that they understand everything often don't, (laughs) as was with Job's friends. And, um, I'm just excited for us to park here and, with regards to our verse for the day, to see something that is just so important for all of us to remember. You know, one of the things about Job, especially in these first couple of chapters, and then later he did uh, the right thing too, but um, he was able to take an accurate assessment of the situation even in his in his pain now there are parts of the in the middle where he he really wanted just to be able to talk to god um that uh, maybe he wasn't completely thinking in the right way and god did put him in his place but in a very loving way um and so i'm just i'm excited for us to to start here but let's back up here at the beginning and see how this opens and leading up to our verse for the day. It says, "There was a man in the land of us whose name was Job, and that man was blameless and upright, one who feared God and turned away from evil." There were born to him seven sons and three daughters. He possessed seven thousand sheep, three thousand camels, five hundred yoke of oxen, and five hundred female donkeys, and very many servants. So that this man was the greatest of all the people of the East. His sons used to go and hold a feast in the house of each one on his day, and they would send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. And when the days of the feast had run their course, Job would send and consecrate them, and he would rise early in the morning, and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did continually. Now, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. Now, when it says sons of God, they are more than likely that's the host of heaven, that's some of the angels, because Satan came as well. And um, in verse 7, it says, The Lord said to Satan, From where have you come? Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth and from walking up and down on it. And the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, does Job fear God for no reason? Have you not put a hedge around him and his house and all that he has on every side? That is just the character of the devil. He's an accuser. Can't believe that Anyone would trust God completely. And that was because of the pride in his heart and this, the evil in his heart. But um, it says, "...you have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have in- increased in the land. But stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will curse you to your face." And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your hand, only against him do not stretch out your hand. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. Now there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house, and there came a messenger to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys feeding beside them, and the Sabaeans fell upon them and took them and struck down the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was yet speaking, there came another and said, Your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And behold, a great wind came across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house, and it fell upon the young people, and they are dead, and I alone have escaped to tell you. And then in verse 20, it says, Then Job arose and tore his robe and shaved his head and fell on the ground and worshiped. And he said, and this is our verse for the day, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked shall I return. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And I'm going to read the verse right after that. And all this, Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. Job knew in the midst of his despair, and it had to have been just by the power of God, and because Job had continually sought to be right with God and give God the glory, he knew even in the depths of his despair that God is good. His will and his ways are perfect, and even though it was devastating so devastating it's just hard for us to wrap our mind around what it would have been like to have lost all of those things with within just a a a short time Uh, but job went back he he took an accurate assessment of the situation um, that naked he came into this world naked that he would go out everything that we have comes from the hand of God everything friends not one thing that we think is ours is really ours it has all been given to us by God from uh, you know our clothing our shelter our food our families our ability to work our ability to think speak do anything that we do um, our life our breath our being all of that has come from the hand of God. There's not one thing that hasn't come from the hand of God. And uh, it's because of God's goodness and graciousness, because he doesn't have to give us anything, but he does. It's, it's nothing of our own selves. Um, but all of that comes from the hand of God. And if he chooses for it to uh, be taken away, that is all because he's sovereign within his purview. And you know, the, the prideful, fleshly part, the sinful part that's within all of us, um, and then the things that the world will say would, would be like, um, well, why would, why would God allow that? Why would he do that? Uh, it's because it's his, friends. He's sovereign. He's holy. He's just. He's righteous. He sees the whole picture. We don't. And it is prideful and arrogant for us to think that anything uh, that we have is of our own. It's it's just here on loan. I mean, it's only because he's allowed it. And Job knew that. And even in his despair, what an example. Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave, and the Lord is taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, <clears throat> it's so hard to say uh, until you walk through it. Are we able to praise him in and thank him and acknowledge that in the most difficult parts when that, uh, that sorrow, like sea billows roll, like you uh, hear in the hymn, it is well. Um, it's hard to say. Um, but with God's help, we can. With the understanding and the power of his Holy Spirit, we could say that. Uh, It's just so important, though, for us to take this accurate assessment. Later, he does that when his wife comes to him and says, Curse God and die. And he says, You speak like a foolish woman. Shall I not take... uh, Where does he say it? Um, Shall we receive good from God and shall we not receive evil? Not that God gives evil. But God allows things for a purpose. His will and his ways are perfect. And he truly does love us. You know, Satan, that accuser who came to uh, God in the heavenly places and uh, said, if you'll do this to Job, he'll turn away. Or if you allow this, he'll turn away. God knew Job's heart. God knew that Job sought to honor him And um, God also knew the trial that he was allowing Job to go through, but he knew that uh, he knew Job's heart and uh, God would get the glory in this. And then Job had no way of knowing how God would bless him after he came through this prolonged trial. But God did bless Job. And uh, it's just such a a wonderful example to us. And uh, people say, but why would he allow that? Uh, Friends, there are things that we just don't understand. But if we go back to what Jesus did for us... And God had a purpose and a plan, and Jesus took all of that sin, all of that wrath, all of that pain and suffering on Himself for us. That was God's Son. God knew that there was a higher, uh, a higher place purpose. Jesus knew that as well, and he endured that for us. And so nothing that we go through can compare to what Jesus has gone through for us, even though it may seem like it at times. It really, it really cannot compare because Jesus took on all that wrath that was meant to come against all the sin of everyone. And Jesus took that on himself for us. But he was victorious. And so we can be victorious. We can't go through any trial on our own strength. If you try to do that, um, you will not be able to survive it. But if we can go through it with God's help, looking to Him for His strength and His uh, joy and His comfort and His peace. It will make all the difference. I think about uh, family members. I think about my mama's family. Uh, family and my aunts who have lost children and I think about uh, those who have lost husbands and I think about uh, just all kinds of tragedies just in my family and then I think about tragedies that occur in other families that I take care of and see and um, you wonder just how can people survive it well you can't without the Lord And so we see that example here with Job. He took an accurate assessment of the situation. He knew he was able to rise above it and not say, why me, why me, why me? But to say, you know, I didn't come into this world with anything. I'm not going out with anything. But God is faithful. He blessed me for those purposes uh, for a time and I'm going to continue to thank him because I know his character. And friends, we can do that. When everything is falling apart, we go back to what we know is true about God. And that it is, that is he is faithful. He loves us. He takes care of us. He will walk through us with the most difficult things. And after we've been, uh, after we've come through these difficulties and, um, and are being refined and purified, if we are believers, there's a day that we are going to have the most wonderful reward, and that will be to be with him uh, in eternal life. And so I'm just so thankful for that. I'm thankful for this example. May we be an encouragement to others in whatever he has us to walk through. May we be able to appoint others to him, not to accuse or to say, well, if you would get your life right, things would be better. No, as we see from Job's story, uh, if there are things that happen that we don't, don't know sometimes what the purpose is but god is faithful he loves his children and i love what the apostle peter wrote at the end of his first letter where he says in first peter five ten. and after you've suffered a little while the god of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in christ will himself restore confirm strengthen and establish you to him be the dominion forever and ever amen and amen fresh blessings to you friends until next time